0: You sent in the wolf? Shit! That's all you had to say!
1: Get away from her, you bitch! Banana! Banana!
0: Aristotle was
1: not Belgian! Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. not even interesting enough to make me sick. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. I'm your density. You think I'm
0: gorgeous. You want to kiss me. Hello everyone and welcome to Sending the Wolf. My name is Clark Wolf, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, today I have the mother of all episodes. I am talking to Holly K Payne about Mommy Dearest. Mommy Dearest is included on the AFI uh, Top 100 Movie Quotes list and uh, Mommy Dearest is a movie that that lives in infamy maybe for all the wrong reasons. It stars Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford based on the book by Joan Crawford's adopted daughter, Tina, uh, about her horribly scary and abusive life with Joan Crawford as a mother. Um, But, you know, in this episode... Holly and I are going to talk a lot about about family and about how this movie holds a very personal uh, relationship to Holly's life considering her family lineage lineage, which is filled with the golden age of Hollywood, Hollywood stars uh, going back for many generations so there is kind of an inside look into the lifestyle of, of of this Hollywood royalty Holly Payne is an improviser she is a writer, she is a producer and one of the reasons I was super happy that she picked this episode aside from having this like in family insight um, is is because Holly is it truly a student and a fan of comedy. And, um, you know, this is a movie that is known for being campy and ridiculous and over the top, even though it wasn't intentional. And through this episode, we talk a lot about what camp is. Is. I feel like that is a term that, you know, film Twitter uses freely, but maybe doesn't quite understand uh, what it is. So we unpack that a little bit and we talk about, you know, what is intentionally funny versus what is unintentionally funny and um and a lot of other things been in between, including Faye Dunaway as a as an actress and including Joan Joan Crawford as a Hollywood icon. And and talking about, you know. The reputations of these women and men in Hollywood over the years, and who we sort of give a pass to for being eccentric and weird and dramatic and over the top, and who we ultimately kind of punish or or rewrite their history in the history books as as those uh, qualities as their defining qualities, as opposed to talking about their talent. It's a it's a really interesting conversation that is kind of all over the place, but in the best way possible because you know, mommy dearest is kind of all over the place. Um, Holly Payne is one of my dear friends and I'm so happy and probably family by the way. And I'm so happy that she, uh, came on the show to talk about this movie in particular. So here she is, Holly Payne talking about mommy dearest. (laughs) I would like the listeners to know that we have a bangin' brunch spread happening. <laughs> this is the first time, actually, that I have done it this way.
1: With a b- whole brunch spread? Yeah, or with
0: even, usually we're not, I think Haley Fouch and I drank uh, while we were recording. Um, so I am like, but I feel also like this is the perfect conversation.
1: Oh, my gosh. To have absolutely. a boozy, a boozy, brunchy. Definitely. Chat. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, so, all right. So we're, um, I have Holly here. I, you know, you've listened to the show. You know, I do yes. my intros like. Pre-recorded, um, long-time listener. Yes, first-time first guest. Time yes, and there will be many more. Well, I'll bring you. I'm bringing you back at Christmas for a surprise uh, episode <laughs> that our audience will have to wait for. Um, but um, so I kind of want to just dive right into this, mm-hmm. and I think that we're gonna tease out a lot of personal experience from just diving into the movie. Oh yeah. Okay, so you picked Mommy Dearest. I did. Uh, which doesn't surprise me. You know, I tell <laughs> Why doesn't
1: it surprise you, first because, of
0: all? Because well, because it is a uh, camp classic. Mm-hmm. And um and it is absolutely over the top and it is an iconic. And also it is touching on old Hollywood, Definitely. which I know y- is something that you are not only personally tied to but just interested in yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Um and so uh let's start by I just want to let's let's do the basics. When was the first time you saw Mommy Dearest?
1: I saw Mommy Dearest when I was a kid. Um I saw Mommy Dearest probably around the time I think it was uh Well, I think when it came out, I think it came out in 1981. I might have seen it when I was, like, almost 10 years old. Uh, I saw it with my mother. Um,
0: In a theater, or did you have it? Yeah, in
1: the theater. Um, And it instantly became my mother's and my favorite movie. Um, We would quote it constantly. And uh, my mom was was a, I can't say failed actress, but she was... She's an actress in San Francisco, and she, um, she's very dramatic. She's bipolar, so she had a lot of that kind of, you know, high drama, those moments where it was, you know, she uh, was just really fun to be with at one moment, and then it was just terrifying to be with her. Yeah. So it was weird. Our dynamic was not certainly not as extreme as Christina and Joan. Yeah. But there was definitely something that we, we related to and we found the humor in it and we understood camp you know we we got the camp aspect of it let's so.
0: let's talk about that right up top yeah. because i feel like you know how the internet uses the words plot holes to Mm -hmm. explain things, to, to, to call, uh, things in movies that they don't like or that are left unexplained. And it's like, that's not what a plot hole is. These are like intent, you know, so the internet, I feel like has taken over the term plot holes and, and redefined it as something that is absolutely not. I think camp is the same thing. Mm. I see people misuse the term camp all the time. Um, How, and and I actually wrote at the top of my notes, the camp episode, because I feel like this is, if anyone was going to talk about camp as an art form, I think you're pretty well well qualified. So how would you, not define, but how would you explain camp? Because camp is a very specific type of feel. I mean, this movie is famously not intentionally campy. No, it is not intentionally campy. So let's talk about that.
1: Um, so the performances, well, first of all, you're talking about old Hollywood, obviously. Um, Camp, uh, of course, has a there's, a, there's a connotation with gay culture. Mm-hmm. Um, gay culture, obviously, hugely fanatical about old Hollywood. Uh, Joan Crawford in particular. So, you know, you're ticking all the boxes there. Um, but it's Faye Dunaway's performance, I think, more than anything else that takes this to the next level. I mean, she is just, she delivers a fantastic performance, but it is operatic, you know? It's like to the level of, you know, she's peeling the paint off the walls. Do you feel like camp can be,
0: good camp, can be done on purpose?
1: Oh, that's a good question. On purpose, intentional camp. Yeah. Yes, I do. I do. I think that's more comedy, though. Right. Exactly. Not drama. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's,
0: that's the thing that I think people don't, like, people will um, describe, I'm trying to think of, like, a movie that is not camp that I see people be like, oh, it's so campy. And I'm like, that's not what this means. Yeah. Like, that's just, and um, I'm, I'm blanking on, like, a good example of that. But I would be curious, because I think the camp... True, like oh my god, this is delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would argue that when camp is really doing what it's supposed to do, it's delicious. It's just like oh my god, and I feel like you can't do it on purpose because then it's then it's almost too aware, or yeah. maybe it's it's co- comedy or whatever. But this it's is too,
1: it is too self aware. Yes, think. exactly.
0: Yeah. But this was done. Mommy Dearest was made with a straight face. Mm-hmm. And just turned out to be like when you were in your in the theater. Can yeah. you remember were people
1: laughing? No, they were terrified. Oh my god! No, it was more like a horror film. It was like seeing people like reel back in their seats and just be like, <gasps> "Because like what a what a." It, it only became camp later.
0: Right. That's that's what, because I, I bring it up, I was reading a little bit and Paramount kind of famously like thought this was a serious movie and then once they realized that audiences just thought it was ridiculous, some audiences thought it was ridiculous, mm-hmm. they revamped the entire um, advertising campaign.
1: Interesting. I didn't know that. Yes. And ah. so
0: they, they kind of leaned into it whereas Faye Dunaway and the director were horrified. Like they were furious because yeah. they thought they, they were made. doing
1: well. I mean, look, Faye Dunaway is not that far from John, Joan Crawford in the first place.
0: I, you know, d- I did some reading. Oh, okay, tell me what you think about this. <laughs> this book, "Mommy Dearest," mm-hmm. was written from Chris, Christine Christina's. Yeah, Christina. uh, mm-hmm. Tina. Yeah, Tina. Her her experience, her point of view. They are they were estranged. They clearly had issues. Yeah. If I'm Joan, Craw- or I'm sorry, if I'm Faye Dunaway, mm-hmm. and I am looking for the project that's going to sort oh of my God, bring I me this, back, I think
1: I know exactly where you're going with this. Why would she do it? Thank you. Why? What were you thinking? Now, actually, I wondered what year did Joan Crawford die, and was jo- mm. Joan Crawford still alive when this film was I'm, made? I'm under the impression that I don't think she died way earlier. I think she died earlier, which would make sense that Faye would feel like, oh well. I could I could do this then.
0: Well, I I think she. I mean, it's the
1: role of a lifetime for her.
0: If yeah,
1: <laughs> it could
0: have been. I mean, well, it it's in a lot of ways defined her uh, her career. But um, Joan was dead before, so she died right. in 1977. Okay. Um, but there, I was doing a little bit of reading yesterday, and there were she was on either she gave an interview in the Actors Studio or something, but she said Faye Dunaway is the only movie star that's left, or the only new movie star. Oh, wow! And so she had given Faye her blessing yeah. essentially whether it was on purpose or not um and and so but yeah if I'm Faye Dunway and I read this book and know that it is salacious and um written from a going to portray this woman mm-hmm. in a certain light yeah I don't take this movie
1: as my comeback serious movie I could not believe she agreed if to do you're this. a sane person
0: but that's, then we're
1: talking about Faye Dunaway. And that's that's. And then again, we're talking about Faye Dunaway and Joan Crawford. Both, and I think that there are there, there are parallels. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, I think she probably read it and was like, "Oh, I can. No one else can do this role. And, it's me and no one else." Yeah, and that's she it. Was you know? right. I she think. was absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, there are moments in the film where I'm like, I can't distinguish between. I can't remember what Joan Crawford looks totally, like. Totally. Yes. When I see. When I see Faye Dunaway, I'm like, oh gosh, how does what does Joan's face look like? I can't remember because she delivers it so believably.
0: They had definite, they definitely, I would say, have melded in my mind Mm -hmm. as well, and it's unbelievable to me. Like I look back at. uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Um, oh, and isn't fate? Is done Dunaway? No, no, that's Civil Shepherd. Um, but I look back at Bonnie and Clyde specifically and just think that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. Like she is stunning. Yeah. And then in. Although Ch- I did
1: notice she has a flat butt, which I uh, made me feel really good because I was like, <laughs> I have a flat butt. Yeah. Flat, she was hot, but she had a flat butt. Flat
0: butts unite. <laughs> but she. Um, then when when I see her again in Chinatown, she doesn't look like and probably because Bonnie and Clyde, she was quite girlish. She mm-hmm. was young. Rufus, Rufus, are you being are you pulling a joke? Crawford? A drama queen yeah, right now. are you on brand for diva. this episode? Stop it, <laughs> go away. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Rufus, stop being a diva. You're being very rude. Okay, so anyway... um, Come here. Uh, He's never done this before. He knows it's the spirit of Faye, Um, or of Joan. But anyway, the point is that... um, Uh, She looks different. She, she, you know, something is either lost or gained, whatever it is in Chinatown. It's like, she's still beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But like, this is not the same looking person. And
1: and network too, I would say the same thing. Yeah, for
0: sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But by the time we get to Mommy Dearest, yeah, she's completely, visually, they're melded in my brain for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Oh, my goodness. We don't have time for this. We don't know. <laughs> Rufus. All right, Joan. Yeah. You're being very rude. <laughs> Come here. Stop. I'm going to have to cut this out, and I don't have time. Come here. Okay. Okay. Anyway, here. Take another carrot. Go walk away. Go eat, have a carrot. Go eat a carrot. There you go. Go take Boy. it. Please. Okay. Um. So back to Joan. Uh, yeah, so so it's a. I will say also, when I watched this movie, there mm. were parts of me that were like, this director must have hated her. Like, hated. Hated okay. Faye Dunaway. Um, and I, I say that dramatically, I don't really mean that, but like some of these shots.
1: What makes you think that? So
0: he shot so much of it wide. Mm-hmm. And it is so. When you were doing high emotion, Like the scene, the perfect example, the scene where she's chopping and, and that, the way he shot. Bring me the axe. Yes. And the way he shot it, just watching her, then bring the axe back. Bring the axe back. She looks insane.
1: That is camp. It is. That is is camp right there.
0: But it was supposed to be serious, right? And so that's why. It was terrifying though.
1: It, I mean, even rewatching it this time, I'm like, "Wow, this is a really," I, if I was with a group, if I was with a group of people, if I was with my gays, I would be laughing through the entire thing. I watched it by myself again this time, and I was just like, "Oh God, this is, this is pretty daunting stuff. It's pretty scary." I just, you know,
0: I feel like if you are doing a performance so big and you're doing it on film. To give her that much space in the frame yeah. is an, is is really uh, a weird choice to me I would I, I don't understand why he didn't do inserts of the axe hitting or mm. close-ups on her face to show us like how intense she is but the fact that it was a wide shot with no
1: cuts yeah I think he wanted to get the whole performance She looks, I think he wanted to get Faye in all of her glory you know she looks crazy. She does, but she's, she's supposed to be crazy in it. Yeah, but in a bad way, she looks crazy. Oh, no, she looks totally insane. I mean, we haven't even touched on the wire hangers Right, moment, which so.
0: is why it's on the list. So for our listeners who are going, what list was this on? Which I actually texted Holly, yeah. and I was like, I, what list is this movie on? It's on the <laughs> quotes list, yeah. of course, number 72, no wire hangers ever. Um, yeah, I just, like, there, there were definitely directorial choices mm-hmm. where I felt like... Y- he could have cleaned it up in a way that would have made it less Campy. Campy. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, like I don't understand how as a director he watched this cut of the movie and went That's br- it. Brilliant. Print it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like that's crazy to yeah. me. So um oh man. But I will say, and in terms of scary, mm-hmm. so I will be honest with you. I had seen this movie before. I had definitely seen it uh, hashed over on I Love the Eighties, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I, I know of it. I've seen it. I rewatched it yesterday, and I did not enjoy this movie. No, I, I, and I think it's because it's just to me, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And I read a couple of reviews that were saying like, especially well, it's got
1: fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not the. I mean, it's not a, a brilliant film, but it's it's. It's an iconic film.
0: It is an iconic film. Yeah, and I I read a couple of things because I guess in 2016, ish, Faye Dunaway did a couple of interviews about it, or there was new new press or something. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I read a couple of journalists saying like, and and this is a, a it's a pretty good movie, but her performance. And I was like,
1: it's like a made for TV movie. It's more like a made for TV movie than it is like a, a you know, a feature film. Yeah. But I think what you were saying before about the director I feel like he thought that he was maybe hearkening back to an older time of, of movie making mm. and he was doing a film b- about Joan Crawford. I'm, this is all speculation. Sure. But that he was directing it in a way that he thought would be dramatic in that kind of mm-hmm. in that way. You know? Um, and it didn't play. You know? It just <laughs> it plays like Yeah, like it's a, like camp, you know?
0: Um, Are you a, I am a huge fan of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane.
1: Love that film.
0: I love it. For audience who is listening, if you've never seen it, go watch it. Oh
1: my God, it's so good. It holds
0: up. It's funny. It's darkly. Okay, this is what I'm getting at. I like dark humor. Mm -hmm. I like... People, we have that in common. Yes, we do. And we both love Nick Cage. Yes. Right? Because mm-hmm. Legitimately. Nick, no, for, yes, for, for real. real. Yeah. Um, and uh, and even when he is off the rails, mm-hmm. he's so dedicated mm-hmm. and has created a character, and I always admire that about him. Yeah. I think that type of performance or that type of um, uh, personality, to me, m- is more enjoyable than something like this. And I don't know if I can quite put my finger on why. Maybe mm. it's because, because Nick Cage is serious about his crazy work. Yeah. She was serious, think she was thinking she was doing non-crazy work. Right. And I think that's maybe yeah. the difference. She was Tommy w- was Yes. It.
1: Yes. <laughs> great. Great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So except that she can act, but yeah.
0: Faye Dunaway can act, by the way. Like she is a tremendous actress. But anyway. Oh, but back to Baby Jane. So Joan Crawford. Betty Davis famously in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, mm-hmm. a movie that absolutely holds up. Um, well, also they're both crazy
1: bitches. Let's just be honest. Sure. Both of those actresses were crazy bitches with horrible relationship relationships with their daughters by yeah. the way. Both yeah. of them. But continue. Well,
0: just that um, I can watch something like Baby Jane and know the behind the scenes and and all and giggle at some stuff, yeah. but also can these women were just they were giving performances that were intentional.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think... Now, that's high-level camp, though, too. That's
0: what I'm trying to get at. Is like, I can't quite suss out... I think it has to be intention. Why uh, Baby Jane works for me on so many levels, but Mommy Dearest does not work for me. Because I
1: think Mommy Dearest was trying to be a serious, dramatic film. Yeah. And Baby Jane knew exactly what it was. Yes. And they knew the players involved. And they knew what they had at their fingertips. The director knew. Everybody knew. They were the, you know, they were the waning years of their career mm-hmm. anyway. You know, you've got these two titans, two of the biggest movie stars of their day. But this wasn't their day. This is many years yes. later.
0: And two of the best actresses, like talent-wise. Legitimately,
1: wise. two of the best actresses. Yes. Um, who, act, who hate each other, too. Yes. I mean, we can't forget the backstory there. They hated each other. Right. So that's just a... That's a cocktail for camp. Yeah. You know? Of the highest order. So yeah. So that's why Mommy Dearest, again, it's it's like the room comparison, didn't know that it was
0: goofy. In, yeah, totally. And, okay, so here's a question. Um, this movie comes out in the early 80s, and just, I mean, every... Like, everything about it is so on the nose. Like, it's it's dialogue, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but dialogue, like, Louis B., you know, like, yeah, yeah. ah! Uh, you know, I, I the pictures. And, I can't leave Metro. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no, there, it's it's just like, it's so on the
1: nose. There is no subtlety, there is no... Her entire performance is like this. Now, here's the thing, though. I will say this, and this is from personal experience. This is personal experience, so... A um, little backstory. my grandparents were movie stars back in the 40s and 50s actually from the 30s and 40s and 50s. Um, my grandmother was with MGM, uh, Gloria De Haven. She grew up on lots. Her first film was Modern Times with Charlie Chaplin. So she didn't know any other way to be except mm-hmm. to be a diva and she was thats she was like that her entire life. So even when we would have regular conversations she would have it was never a normal conversation. Mm-hmm. By the way, she was um, mentored by Joan Crawford. Um, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to look it up. I can't believe I can't remember it. But she was when she was a teenager, she was in a film with Joan Crawford. Mm. And Joan Crawford took her under her wing. Um, so it's no wonder that she kind of had these affectations in a way. But, you know, she always spoke. Everything was just very dramatic. Oh, Holly. What? Like that kind yeah. of thing. It was like that all the time. Um, so when I see Faye Dunaway doing that, I already know Faye Dunaway is probably like that in real life. Yeah, um, she's playing Joan Crawford, and you know that's what the director was asking for as well. So all of those things combined. Cranks it up to 11. Yes. Past 11, let's be honest. You know?
0: Yeah. I think it's just like in terms of the writing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's done. And even if the dialogue, or even if Faye Dunaway, um, wow, they're they're all one person now. Exactly. Even if Joan Crawford. Mommy Dunaway. Mommy Dunaway. Even if Joan (laughs) Crawford in real life did everything that, or spoke, Every way that um, that that this movie paints her, mm-hmm. I think for me the the surrounding characters and the surrounding scenes or setups just felt so spot on, and that's why I have a bit of a resistance. I think is because if she was just this oh, larger than life figure, fine, mm-hmm. but everybody's dialogue is like oh, Joan, all of your fans are outside. Or, oh, Joan, you know, like we've... Yeah, it's a you know character sketch. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a character
1: sketch. It's not... A, the whole world isn't fleshed out. but it, And again, that lends itself to camp as well. I will say, um, and I hope you have it in your notes, um, the, the actress who plays the older Christina... Yeah, uh,
0: yes, okay.
1: I thought she's excellent. I thought she was really, really good in it. Um, she's subtle, but she's... There's this... Actually, both of those actresses that played Tina um, are excellent. I have to give kudos to the little girl who had to be in that scene with Faye Dunaway at the wire hanger scene. I would never get over that. Like I, I would have nightmares forever just having to act opposite that. You know, when she's being beaten with the wire hangers and I, I thought about that myself too. I like thought that's of, scarring. That's damaging stuff.
0: Yeah, I thought about the idea. And then I
1: realized, oh no, I grew up with stuff like that too. So you just get past it. Yeah. Know?
0: I I I thought about the idea of if Faye Dunaway, the person, had been a lovely person, mm-hmm. you know, and like turned it on um, for the cameras how that could have been a different film or a different movie because and i thought about that with respect to these young actors that yeah. she had to do scenes with like i wonder was she unhinged because by all accounts faye dunaway was very method yeah but she was also very demanding and people did not like her and they didn't like working with her like i was reading that the costumer that's
1: the, that's, the, that's pretty much the consensus on on almost all the projects she's worked on. Yeah, and, like, I remember... She is a diva. The
0: The costumer quit the movie, and this was an iconic costumer who had worked with Judy Garland mm-hmm. and said that Faye Dunaway was the most demanding, awful person she had ever worked for, and that includes Judy Garland. Yeah. Like, that's saying something. Uh-huh. So, anyway, I bring that up with respect to the, the kids. I thought about that, too, when I was watching it. Like, knowing that she was a nightmare on set and as a person... What do these children like? What did I, I would hope to God that she didn't um, behave that way towards the kids? I would
1: not put it past her. I'm sure she did. Yeah, actually. that's awful. I mean, I, that would be well, awful. I'm sure that they kept them separated. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're children, so they're not going to be on set for, they're only on set for a certain amount of hours, that sort of thing. Right. But, but when you're doing scenes like that, like that's, I don't know how many takes of that scene they did, but she's with the little girl, is with Faye. Through so much of the film, mm-hmm. I mean, we only see the older actress sort of two thirds into the yeah. movie. So this, there's a lot of demands on this little girl. Oh yeah, and um, and she but she 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 levels up like she matches she matches Faye slash Joan, and you see these see there's nuances in that film that I think are excellent. Like mm-hmm. the when she brings the drink in for for Joan and she and she's like, I thought you would want another drink, mommy. And then, and it's this weird kind of like Damien from The Omen. Yes, Omen, you know yes, what I mean?
0: yes. I noticed that too. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah this
1: kind of like steely-eyed. I've got your number, mother. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah, and the two of them, by the way, are great together. Like, honestly, I think. Faye Dunaway's performance is best when she's acting opposite her small child. Yeah. You know, I don't know why that is. Um, it's a
1: powerful connection they have. Th- those actors work well together yeah. for some reason. The
0: scene at the um, vanity with yes. the little girl. Oh, God. Now, I will <gasps> say I did not feel much uh, in- when I was rewatching it. But that scene in particular, the scene at the vanity when she's um, practicing her little pra- yeah, Oscar yeah. speech my fans and my and the, yeah, yeah, I I felt sick like watching it. That scene really? really got to me. Why did that affect you so much? I think because think? I think it's a couple of reasons. I think first of all, it that is an example of a kid just being a kid, and the idea that and also that child, it, Tina, mm-hmm. uh, in real life, if that's what really happened, she wasn't. Breaking anything, she wasn't being destructive. She wasn't like, "Mommy, I drew all over the walls." But
1: you're thinking in a r- in rational terms. I, yes, and you're so not that's thinking about movie star mentality. But
0: what I'm saying is the reason that it got to me that scene in particular. Mm-hmm. There was n- that's when to me it demonstrates you are looking at a crazy person who is in charge of a child.
1: Well, I I this is this is another reason why this movie is resonates so much for me because coming from the background that I do, mm-hmm. um I have family who who's been in the golden age of Hollywood and my parents, my dad grew up with here's a little bit of trivia. My dad went to school with Christina Crawford at Chadwick. Huh. So, um they were a few years apart, but it's a boarding school that's in Los Angeles. And it's not, it, like, it's where movie stars sent their kids because they, it, back in the day, because they didn't want to deal with yeah. them. So you literally could drive to Chadwick in 30 minutes from your home, but it was a boarding school. That's... So you would go and you would leave your kids there and then, you know, and see them on holidays and weekends occasionally. And so, it was like someone else, it, it was an obligation to have kids, first of all, mm-hmm. back in the day, which is, it's said in the film, you know, it was a publicity. Mm-hmm. It would help with publicity. Um, that's what was done back in that day. So my grandmother, you know, was very young when she had my, mm-hmm. my, my aunt and my dad, um, but they didn't really have a, a normal upbringing. So that was, seeing that scene, yes, it's extreme, but it's not that far off from, Reality.
0: Once again, I'm not questioning the reality. I'm saying that was the scene that made me the most like, because the the bring me the axe stuff and all that like that's horrifying, of yeah. course, but it's so over the top mm-hmm. that it's easier to suspend your disbelief. Absolutely. Do you know what I
1: mean? And then but, we talk that brings the camp factor. Back right. In. Yeah. But the
0: idea that
1: uh, which makes it okay to laugh at.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But the idea that a little girl is sitting at her mother's vanity. Going oh and thank you and this and that and that would for some reason elicit this response in Joan was th- there that scene just was it for me like yeah. that was the most um, and by the way you know I mentioned earlier with the the <laughs> bring me the axe scene the way it's shot is is far away and yeah. so it to me it just like
1: it's just comical like. As I said, also there's ugh. a lot of low angles. There's like yeah, unflattering. Yeah. Uh, well she does. I mean she's. I think Faye was totally on board with not looking glamorous. Oh yeah, of
0: course she wanted to look like yeah whatever the kabuki. She. Yeah. I think she, it, yes, yes. Exactly. But yeah. um, but in the scene with the vanity, it is shot. I noticed the way that the mirrors reflect, yeah. so you can see all angles yes. of the actresses faces. Yeah, I I
1: thought that was great. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm
0: complimenting it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm saying that's why that scene is pretty much the only one that truly resonated with me. Uh, okay. The way it was shot actually worked. Uh, it was pretty much one take, which yeah. is like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you can see the actress's faces in all such ways. And uh, that scene to me is like knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of it...
1: <laughs> There's... A, so this is a scene that maybe... Uh, well, okay. So two things. John Waters apparently does a commentary on the I read on that on Mommy your Dearest. Facebook. And I, I know. Somebody just told me about that today. And I'm like, why have I never listened to that? and I feel remiss that I haven't listened to it I'm talking about Mommy Dearest because the authority on Mommy Dearest is John Waters. Absolutely. So I, I apologize to your listeners that I have not seen that. It's first on my list of things to do. Um, but there are moments in this film that, and again, this is something that John Waters, I'm sure, covered in his commentary. The moment, one of the moments that I find to be the most campy in the entire film is when Carol Ann is driving the car and... And Joan is running in her oh sweats. Oh, my God. Like, in, like, where, the, I'm guessing Brentwood yeah. or, like, you know, Beverly Glen or yes. something like that. And she's running in the most ridiculous way, but, like, her fists are going in, it's just... This is clearly a person who's never run before. Yes. <laughs> never in her life. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what are you doing with your body yeah. right now? What yeah. is happening? Yeah, faces are, she's making all these faces, and it's just so... And it's, it's broad like, daylight. Oh, oh, it's yes. broad daylight, and... and also the fact that they've clearly put sweat stains all over oh, the... Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Just to show,
1: I mean... She's working out.
0: Again, this is yeah. so on the nose. The idea that she would be running in sweats uh, on, a, on a theoretically warm summer California day to Los show Angeles she's day, yeah. sweating out the excess. You know, I've got to look beautiful. I must look beautiful. Like, you oh, know, God. it's so on the fucking nose Yeah, that i just like... Guys, this is insane. This is insane to me that anyone thought they were making a serious movie. And by all accounts, everyone did. Yeah, That is... And by the way, as somebody who is in front of the camera, Mm -hmm. there have been times where I have seen um, things that I have been in and been like, why did you shoot it that way? Yeah. Or, oh... This is not what I thought. And actually, actors talk about it all the time. Um, I think it was, oh, God. I think it was, um, yes, it was, it was Cat Wells talking about Fatal Attraction. And she brought up uh, Natalie Portman and Black Swan. Uh-huh. And how Natalie Portman has d- done interviews when she's doing like, retrospectives on her career and said, I'm very happy with the way Black Swan turned out. That's not the movie I thought I was making. Right. Well,
1: yeah. I wonder, what, I wonder what Faye Dunaway's reaction to it was after the fact. I mean, obviously it became a, a huge cult hit. Right. Not that long after. But, you know, when she was making it, what did she think she was making? And I think she was just, you know, fully in the Jones zone. You know what I mean? The zone. <laughs> I love that.
0: I... I I thought too about um, now. Here's a here's something kind of funny. Well, before I get to that, um, Kevin Klein. So Holly and I both love uh, a fish uh, called Wanda, Wanda. and apparently Kevin Klein, who won an Oscar for his performance,
1: one of the only comedy Oscars. Yeah. Apparently, the
0: first time he saw a fish called Wanda, he got up and was like, "My career is over."
1: Oh, that's right. We talked about yes, and and
0: that's so baffling to me. Yeah, but that's an example of somebody going the other way with it. Right, like thinking, "Oh my God, what have I done?" Like, not "What have I done?" I'm sure he he knew the performance he gave, but seeing it all together, he's probably like, "Yeah, uh, uh, like, oh my God, is anybody going to get this? Does this work?" Yeah, especially when you're making comedy in a vacuum, Mm -hmm. you don't know. Like, you go, I hope this is funny. I think this is funny. And yeah. then when it gets in front of the audience, they, they're they ultimately the final test. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, rats, what was the other thing I was going to say about,
1: ah. Um, uh, While well, you're thinking about that, I yeah. wanted to interject because I wanted to mention one of the reason why this movie resonates for me. Yes. And that is, I mentioned my mom before yes. that it was one of mine and my, my mother's favorite films. Um, when I was, so I think I saw this movie I'm pretty sure I thought when it came out, I'm old, but um, so a couple of years later, my mother, she would throw me Halloween parties every year. Yes. Um, she dressed up as Joan Crawford, as Mommy Dearest for Halloween with the wire hanger and the cold cream um, and chased me and about 12 <laughs> of my girlfriends. We were children with wire hangers around the house She's no wire hangers ever, like she did. That's that was my mom. Like she had that kind of sense of humor, and she t- terrorized these children in the same way Faye Dunaway did in the movie, and in the same way that Joan probably did in her real life. But that's another reason why this movie is so. Um, it's it's a kind of a sentimental film. For sure, me. sure. <laughs> I,
0: I, not similarly, but kind of similarly, my dad, um, have you ever met my dad?
1: No, I haven't. Okay. I feel like I know him. But yeah.
0: No. I, I can't believe that you haven't ever met him, but I'm sure you will. Um, but my dad is a large man. He's like six two. He's very built. And, um, when I was a kid, my dad on Halloween, um, put on like dark pants and a blazer and bought a, you know, exact replica universal monster Frankenstein monster
1: mask. Nice. And put
0: it on and took me trick-or-treating
1: and hammed it up. Well, you can't say what you... You have to tell what your costume was. We don't know what you were wearing.
0: I don't even remember. Oh, you don't remember. No, that that part's not important. But what <laughs> is important is my dad thought, oh, this will be fun. I, I'm i going to walk around like with my arms out and and pretend to be Frankenstein's monster and the kids will think this is so funny. Yeah. And they were... Horrified, Like, at one point, my dad was like, oh, oh, God. And he took the mask off, and he just walked around the rest of the night and in the rest of his Frankenstein monster costume. Because- See, that was the polar opposite of my exactly. mother. Exactly. That's what so I'm my saying. So mother,
1: my mother was my best friend, but also she would challenge herself every year to terrorize my girlfriends and my friends. Like, she would level up every single year. One year, she hired an actor to play a serial killer um, when we were, like, 13. She just, she, her whole agenda was to basically make my friends pee their pants. Why do you think that is? Drama. She wasn't acting anymore. She wanted to create a stage, she wanted to um, make an impact. And she did. Like, no one I know that I ever went to school with forgot any one of those Halloween parties because she took it to the next level. Yeah. And they knew that, the, I think everybody was enticed because they were, they were like, well, what's she going to do this year? I know I'm going to be ter- terrified, but I, I can't not go. You know, yeah. if you're invited to ho- this is always it. If you're invited to Holly's mom's Halloween party, it wasn't me, it wasn't my Halloween party. It was Holly's mom's. Are you going to Holly's mom's Halloween party? So, she wanted to make, she wanted to make a splash. You know, she also was trying to help me, um, be something special. I think I wasn't, I was popular. So it wasn't like I, you know, not popular in the gross sense, but I was, you know, I had friends and people liked you. You were like, yes. Yeah. Um, but I went to an all girls private school where everyone was very rich. And so she, I was on scholarship and so she kind of wanted me to have a little bit of an edge over the rich kids. And so that's where the whole Halloween party thing started but I will never forget that year when she, she had giant shoulder pads like this chenille pink robe with the, the belt and she'd done her hair up. she got this, she had red hair too. So she Mm -hmm. kind of had this dark auburn hair that looked very much like Joan Crawford. She put it in the rollers, had the cold cream and just this, I mean, she was intense. I wish I had photos of this. She had this wire hanger and she also, she's gorgeous. She was a model and an actress. So she had the looks for this. Um, and I was laughing, and all the other girls are just like crying. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't know the reference either. Of course so not. They're, they're course children. Course not. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, what is she doing? Oh my I had God. no idea.
0: I wanted, so I, the, the other thing that I wanted to bring up um, that it, it's a, I'm glad that we're bouncing around. Okay, so Chinatown. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in Chinatown, spoiler alert, if you have not seen Chinatown, <laughs> fair enough. um, at the end, it's kind of this famous scene of my brother, my mother, my sister, <laughs> my, 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 you yeah. know, and it's just slap, 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 yeah. my sister. Bye. And
1: we need a, a slapping supercut with Faye Dunlop. Yes,
0: but you know, that is a scene to me because I came to Chinatown as probably in film school, probably in college.
1: You know, my uncle wrote that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I I Robert Town, ex-uncle, I will say. Okay, ex-uncle, but, fair. Yes.
0: but I bring it up because on our conversation about camp, that is a that is a scene that to me has always been ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And for people though who saw Chinatown or who love Chinatown, that scene is this iconic moment, this yeah. iconic reveal. Yeah. And I bring it up because, you know. I can't differentiate in a lot of ways between Faye Dunaway being hammy and campy mm-hmm. in something like Chinatown and hammy and campy in something like Mommy Dearest, right? But also, I think that's when you get into acting styles. Well, I think that I think
1: Method has a lot to do with sure. it. Sure, I can. I mean, you're an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you can feel Method. You can sense Method instantly. I know Daniel Day Lewis is. Like in that role, twenty four seven. Yes. Um. I same with the, every one of those method actors. It's it's you can you can feel it and you can feel it from Faye Dunaway, like miles away. You know. So
0: this is something I would love to ask you about, mm-hmm. um, because uh, I, I have spent the last 40 minutes saying that, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about this one and like, you know, Faye Dunaway doesn't really hold much of a place in my heart in terms of performances or icons or whatever. Mm -hmm. That said, I want to talk about method acting and who gets to be a method actor. Mm. Because when we... Who gets to be? Yes. Okay. Because when we think about who has permission to be in it all the time, and this is their art And this is we. It's a claim, and it's respect. I think of Daniel Day Lewis, Robert De Niro, Marlon Brando, but who's the crazy bitch behind the scenes? Right? It's Sean Young, uh, Faye Dunaway. Mm -hmm. Like, do you get what I'm saying? The narratives around Method. We have so much permission for these men to be out of control and weird and bizarre, but we're like, well, that's just how iconic actor is. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, all the pieces that I have read about uh, Mommy dear specifically talk about how Faye Dunaway is a method actor yeah. and takes it very seriously uh, and how people didn't, you know, nobody in any of these pieces said, oh, well, that's just how Faye is because she's so dedicated to her work. Right. They all say she's the most awful person she's I ever She's demanding,
1: she's diva, she's... Well, let's... Like, I have to be completely honest. You know, it, it depends on what math, method actor you're talking about. Like, Sally Field is a method actor, but she's not a total diva, you know? Faye Dunaway in this... She is, mm-hmm. you know? She is crazy. You know, it, she is, let's just be honest. Um... There are different types of method actors, and what I think is interesting about method in general is that there's this like this bubble around these people. You know, it's like, well, this is their space. This is their. They need their process, their time. Their. Um. But there is a difference when you're talking about men versus women. You know, emotions. Women can't have them. You know, <laughs> and they're actors, and they can't have them. Yeah. And they can't get into their process. You know. Yeah. Um. But men, of course, are given free license to to do that yeah um I mean I hope that that's changing you know I don't know I don't know how much method is is a is a thing in modern day Mm. you know Mm -hmm. as much I don't think that it's this I don't think it's what it used to be I feel like they're like Olivia Coleman, for example Mm -hmm. um I adore Olivia Coleman. she's of course of the I think we discussed this recently actually she's of the you know she's a British, British actor yes and um, her process is that she has no process <laughs> right you know um, I there was a great quote that she she was with um, uh, I think it was Peter Travers um, she said he asked her about her method and uh, she said uh, well I just feel it and go home that's it mm-hmm. um, I, I just feel like there's there's a there are less method actors than there used to be but Faye was extremely method Mm -hmm. back in her day um but also volatile Mm -hmm. you know so i think it depends it's an individual thing i think it depends on what actor you're discussing Mm -hmm. as far as method is is concerned
0: yeah i think i think i just take issue with it because like to use marlon brando as an example Mm -hmm. i feel like people Well, he's a
1: maniac. But I yeah. mean he, yeah
0: and, <laughs> and that's like we know that and we are you know comfortable like for me I think of Marlon Brando and I think like a, he's a nut he's nuts. But I think that in the f- history books I mean, and Last in, Tango
1: in Paris should be enough for everybody to take pause.
0: Well, I guess what I'm saying is that I think in the in the grand scheme of things Marlon Brando is remembered as one of the greatest actors mm-hmm. of his generation. James Dean too. Right. But with uh, with Brando, he's he he was he was crazy and he was destructive. Mm-hmm. And he was and, and yet that's not at the forefront of his legacy. Whereas somebody like Faye Dunaway, who is in iconic and given iconic performances in Network and Bonnie and Clyde and Chinatown and so many others. But th-
1: she's portrayed as a she's written about as a that's, as a crazy diva. That's what I'm getting. As opposed yeah. to, I see what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to, well, they he, given her space to be crazy or to be. I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah.
0: Right, yeah. right. 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 It's just interesting to me. Is all. I think legacy is interesting. Now again, Fade Away is still working. She is notoriously difficult. Like you know that whatever. <laughs>
1: (laughs) Stacey directed her. Yes, she did. Our friend Stacey Title. Yep, and have you ever talked to her about that experience? Briefly. Yeah, yeah.
0: I remember talking to her about it, too, and I remember her saying uh, that she actually had no problems with her one-on-one. Yeah, that's what she told me she That Faye maybe maybe struggled with her lines a little bit, remembering her lines, but honestly, I've heard that about many actors above a certain age. Mm -hmm. I think that's just par for the course sometimes yeah. you can't remember. Um, but that she was very, uh, respectful to Stacy, the director, mm-hmm. but to everyone else, she was awful. <laughs> um, again, you know,
1: that's, and, you know, that's old school. That's very old school. You've got to you honor your director. Yeah. No one else matters.
0: I've heard that from, I won't say names, but I've heard that from another uh, female director who I am very close with. Uh, she said that she had a very high profile woman on her set and, um, was great to her. Was great to the director. Yeah. But other people in the cast and crew, she was real bad. Mm. And um, you know, I uh, it's it's a it's a weird thing.
1: Yeah, it is a weird thing. I mean, well, that's again. It's old. I, I think what you said before, bringing it back. You said uh, Joan at some point said that she thought Faye Dunaway would be the only person that could yes do that role. Well, I think she resonated. She filmed something that she could. Uh, that she saw of herself, maybe. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, because Faye is that old school... She's from... She could have been in the golden age of Hollywood, you know? Yes. She's definitely got that flair, you know?
0: I will say, though, like... It's just tough because, you know, like to, to use an example, I I just, I'm going to use the example of Jack Nicholson. You know, I've never heard anything like that about Jack Nicholson. What I've heard about Jack Nicholson, I'm talking about professionally. Mm -hmm. What I've always read about somebody like Jack Nicholson professionally, because personally,
1: Yeah. I I know you have,
0: and and I know the story that you have, and that's why I'm saying professionally. Um, I have always heard that Jack Nicholson was served as a, you know, he was a guy who knew he was number one on the call sheet. Mm-hmm. He knew he was setting the tone. Yeah, he took his work very seriously. But he also, anytime there was drama on set, on often served as a mediator. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if uh, if if like Shirley MacLaine, for instance, was was you know giving giving the the crew a hard time or the yeah. director a hard she time, she was also
1: notorious for. Yeah, she, but then again, we're talking about no- notoriety, right? But
0: he would go in and kind of... He knew how to pull the strings a little bit to get her to shape up, you know, be whatever. I've heard that about Witches of Eastwick. He was sort of a mediator
1: on the set with Witches of Eastwick. He's also Nicholson, let's be honest. (laughs) Listen, but what I'm
0: saying is I I do feel like there are old-school, iconic presence people who are dedicated and movie stars and all that. And can do the
1: work. And and can, do yeah. yeah, and yeah. can
0: also be peacemakers on yeah. set yeah. and don't Absolutely. treat people like yeah. garbage.
1: Yeah, uh, well, no, definitely. Of course yeah. there are. Of course there are. And I think there has to be a balance totally. for sure. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think, you know, I think being a diva in this day and age doesn't fly at all. Right. You know, you can't be. First of all, you're going to be outed on Twitter instantly. Yeah. You know, the, the, There's no the culture we live in right yeah. now just doesn't, doesn't isn't conducive to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, back in, in Faye's day, it was the end of, the, well, let's see, let's, uh, it's interesting, because I think Faye was kind of a holdout too, yeah. in, in many ways, because she's a 70s actress, mm-hmm. you know?
0: And I, I bring up Jack Nicholson, because. He was also the
1: same generation, exactly. obviously. That's, yeah.
0: that's sort of it, is yeah. like, you know, they then again, though. Can you
1: think of any other actresses, actresses that were of that era, Mm -hmm. That had a similar sort of um, appeal as Faye Dunaway in that way, like that kind of intensity, that that old school. I mean, quote diva. I can't think of. I can't. No one comes to mind. I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess. of the seventies, right? That's what I'm saying. Because Shirley was earlier. Shirley MacLaine was was earlier.
0: Um, you know, I never heard that Liza Minnelli was a diva. I've never, you know, in such a way of being difficult and... She
1: gets a pass anyway. Her mother was Judy Garland. I mean, yeah. She gets a pass.
0: Um, and, uh, I've never heard that about Angelica Houston. No, no, no. I've never, you know what I mean? So I think, eh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, Ellen Burstyn, I never No, have I heard, heard
1: she's a workhorse. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Sally Field, as you say, yeah. method, but also... By all accounts, lovely and mm-hmm. and not problematic on set. She was just on
1: Graham Norton uh, not too long ago with Rami Malek, oh. um, and Rami Malek was talking about playing Freddie Mercury, and um, and how much he wasn't he wasn't into method, and she just turned to him like just looked him straight in the eye. And she said, "I'm a method actor. What's your problem? With <laughs> What's your problem with method actors, you youngster or something like that."
0: It was a very funny moment. I funny. love Sally Field yeah. and and however she's aging is like I want some Ugh, of it. Yeah, me too. Um and then Jane Fonda is another one again. Yeah. Yeah, but I Not a diva. I just watched this documentary about Jane Fonda which to our listeners especially if you're interested in this period of Hollywood um and when you were talking about the boarding school mm-hmm. it reminded me that her father sent her away. Uh-huh. And it was very, you know, I think I think yeah, yeah. Oh, That's the era. Yeah, that's what everyone was doing back then. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Um, all right. So, <laughs> uh, as we as we wind down the "Mommy Dearest" portion of our conversation, is there anything else that you want to bring up or that we haven't touched on
1: um, about "Mommy Dearest"? Um, oh my God, just boy, watch it with friends. Yes. Um, don't take it too seriously. Uh, if you've never seen it. And of course, everyone who has seen it, it, just it's 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 a wonderful bit of camp. It really is. Yeah,
0: and if you haven't, it's it, so iconic. It is, uh, and it's a
1: great fucking costume.
0: <laughs> it is a great Halloween costume, or just drag costume, yeah. or just costume. Uh, one thing I want to mention uh, before we go off, well, before we move on to the next part, um, on Faye Dunaway's behalf or not behalf. Uh, I, in praise of fade away. Mm-hmm. So, I am on a show called DC Daily for DC Comics. It's a, it, you know, it is on the um, DC Universe streaming platform. And um, we did a talk back about Supergirl. The 1984 oh, Helen, yeah. Slater Helen Slater yeah. Supergirl.
1: I met her. She was lovely.
0: Oh, good. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Um, she plays Kara's mom on, well, oh, not no, Kara's yeah, mom. She right. plays uh, Danver, uh, Alex Danver's mom on Supergirl. Anyway, Faye Dunaway mm-hmm. in Supergirl, she plays the villain, Selena, oh, oh, the right, witch. right,
1: right, 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 yeah.
0: She is excellent. Now, he, talk about camp on purpose. Yeah. Or even if it really wasn't, Shit, that is a performance where I was just like, "Thank God for Faye Dunaway! <laughs> Thank God, Faye Dunaway knows she what movie delivers, she, and she knew what movie she was in, right? right. Even if she didn't know what movie she of was course, in, but of you course. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this was a." I she stood out to me as the saving grace of that movie, which is very hard to watch. It's not
1: good. Oh, it's, it's so bad. It's so, oh, it's so not good.
0: Oh, it's so not good, but she's it's great. So, in
1: it. I, I still have a soft spot for it, but it's not good. I grew up
0: on it. Yeah. And uh and and I appreciate Peter Cook and Peter O'Toole and uh, Mia Farrow is in it in the very beginning. And then there's Faye Dunaway. And it is insane how many iconic actors are in Mm -hmm. Supergirl. Yeah, Do a deep dive into it. It's actually fascinating, the making of that movie. But nonetheless, apparently Dolly Parton was offered selena the You're, witch oh
1: my well actually that would have been great and dolly
0: said oh i can't i can't play an evil i can't no, do that no, I, she's I can't. Dolly. yeah she's dolly yeah. but um
1: but to she has a brand uphold yeah <laughs> yes she does
0: but yeah i in praise of faye dunaway and her craziness uh i i salute you she is the best part of supergirl 1984 <laughs> absolutely
1: i will say one more thing yes the last thing i want to say please. on this i feel like as as out of respect to my my family yeah. my my history in Hollywood my you know family's legacy, I feel like uh, movie stars in general are given a real bad rap, mm-hmm. and I and I when I watch movies like, Mommy Dearest or watch the feud watch Feud mm-hmm. you know, um, I have a certain affinity for it that and a certain insight to it I think that a lot of people don't have because. That's my family history, um, but every, they're people. These people are human. Whether they are hugely famous or not, they are human beings, and um, and yes, they have erratic behavior sometimes. But these people are human beings, and I feel like that's something we 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 hold them to a higher standard. Uh, that's not fair to them, you know. Yes, they have a certain amount of privilege and all of that stuff, but I feel like. When you break it down, you're these are flawed individuals, mm-hmm. just like you and I are. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's something to consider because I feel like that's yeah. Joan, Joan, for example, grew up in a horrible environment. She's unfortunately paying it forward. You mm-hmm. know, with Christina. Mm-hmm. So everyone comes from something, something, and that's you know, that's what makes them who they are. And I
0: will say, too, one thing that the movie does very well is points out how hard Joan worked. Yeah. I think that that is the misconception about a lot of uh, actors, is mm-hmm. that it's easy. Yeah. And then a lot of them just... And it is
1: not easy. No.
0: I mean, truly, like, you know, it's... Um, the difference... Olivia Coleman
1: makes it sound easy, but...
0: <laughs> exactly. But but you see Joan, how, how her fucking work ethic Mm -hmm. like she is just just a you know doing her best and looking for every which way to preserve her career and to keep it going and to and she's
1: dropped by MGM so early right right
0: um so I do think I think that's an important point and I also think that you know, just to be fair, I and mean, again, I'm not saying like, oh, poor actors, but like actors work hard. Mm-hmm. They work long days. They work long hours, and they do it every single day. Meaning like if you're on a shoot, you you, you rap at 1 a.m., like... In theory, it's nice that you'll be there at 1 p.m. the next day, but, like, it's, the turnaround is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, they, I, I think, giving giving a little bit of due to the process.
1: I think it's important to do that, and also I think that it's, it, remember, you don't know these people. Mm-hmm. You don't know who they actually are. You can make a lot of snap judgments based on yeah. what you read on Twitter and what you see on social media and what you read in articles and variety and all that stuff. You don't know this person, yeah. so don't, assume that you do and, and make a judgment call and go, that person's horrible. And they, they did this. It's, you don't know them. Mm-hmm. You've never known them. Yeah. You've got to, you've got a sketch in your mind, but yeah. this is not who that person is. So, yeah. um, you know, we watch a movie like mommy dearest and it's, it's a, a lacerating view of, of Joan Crawford. She of course had redeeming qualities, but we don't know because it was portrayed in this particular way sure. and it was camp, you yeah. know? So, um, I hope people can kind of take pause and go, this is, this is not fact. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just it's just definitely. Take it with a grain of salt. For
0: sure. You know? Um, so everybody gets to add a movie to the list that oh. is not on the list.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, did you not know that? I didn't know that, but I have my movie. Great. What is it? Um, tell my, me. My Favorite Year. Okay. With Peter O'Toole. Tell me about it, because I don't and know And Mark it. Lynn Baker. Um, it's one of my favorite films of all time. Actually, uh, interestingly enough, it um, has a lot to do with old Hollywood as well. Mm-hmm. It's um, It came out, I think, in 1983. Uh, Mark Lynn Baker, it was his first movie role. He eventually was on Perfect Strangers with Bronson Pinchot. Great, love it. Uh, the Dance of Joy. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's a film about uh, an aging movie star uh, played by Peter O'Toole. Uh, his character's name is Alan Swan, and he is a... Um, He's a British actor who comes over to the States to do sort of a Your Show of Shows, Sid Caesar-type comedy cavalcade. Um, and it's about him uh, and his relationship with this this kid that Marklyn Baker plays named Benji Stone, who is a basically a PA who is enamored of him but sees the fallibility of an old movie star. And uh, so it kind of is the perfect tie-in with what we've just been talking about. It's one of Peter O'Toole's best roles ever. Mm. Um, And sadly didn't win a whole lot of awards, Mm -hmm. but it's it's one I watch every single year Hmm. and one that my dad and I watch um, a lot because we relate to it on a certain level. But it's such a great story. And if you haven't seen it, that's the one. I haven't seen ear. it.
0: I haven't seen it. It's brilliant. I watched a lot of Perfect Strangers, though.
1: <laughs> me, too. I love that show. I did, too. <laughs>
0: um, well, I love that recommendation, and I will definitely check it out. I. Um, is there anything else that you want to say? Mm, not that I can think
1: of. Uh, no wire hangers, ever. ever.
0: Bring me the axe!
1: Oh, my God. Tina. So, so quotable. <laughs> very, very quotable. Oh, we didn't even mention the... Uh, Oh gosh, the rodeo line!
0: Oh, oh don't, yeah. fuck, don't with me. fuck with me, fellas. fellas. Yeah. It's not my first, <laughs> first time. time at the rodeo. Yeah, it's that Pepsi Cola stuff was crazy. Well, you know that's true. All I mean, of course, obviously, true, yeah. but like, I just I had forgotten about that part. Yeah, and uh, you know, again, it's just like she's a very interesting character. She's an interesting figure, Joan Crawford. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah,
1: and for sure. I will say too. My grandmother never had a bad word to say about her. She only said good things. She said Joan was my mentor and was. She was always very kind to me. I never. She never, was, horrifying to me in any way. So all of the things that I see about her don't make sense. That's I, what she said. You
0: know, and I actually um like I remember reading something about. I remember reading quotes from Betty Davis. Oh, it was the story about Betty Davis's husband divorcing her because she read too much. I just re- I just saw this on Twitter, and it was like they. She, one of her husbands had divorced her, and, and there's like, the
1: irony. You saw it on Twitter. I did. She read too. much. She read too much. <laughs> but it was
0: like it was like yeah. It's just a woman who reads too much. And <laughs> and but you just go like these ladies were of a time where they really did have to look out for themselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, similarly, like with I I think a lot of them did have people that they took under their wings. A lot of them did. Look out for certain other women as much as they could sometimes, you know? And it yeah. sounds like like your family was, was... Well,
1: also there was a huge age difference between sure. Joan and my grandmother. She was a teenager at the time, and she was, I think she was, like, 15, actually. Oh, wow. Or, no, she, yeah, about that age. But she wasn't competition for Joan sure. at that time. Sure. So that's where that... That's why Betty and Joan had of course, their rivalry because yes. they were neck and neck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that level of intensity, no one had that. No one else had that at that time.
0: I can't wait for somebody on this show to pick whatever happened to baby Jane.
1: I almost did. It is I almost just, did.
0: it is one of my favorite things. It is just perfect. It is perfection. It is. It
1: is perfection. It is perfection. It absolutely is.
0: Someone will pick it. In the <laughs> meantime, go watch it, audience. It's very good. Um, Holly, thank you for doing this. Oh, my gosh.
1: My absolute pleasure. I'm so glad you asked me.
0: This hour flew by. I really am
1: genuinely a fan, too. I love this thank podcast. Thank you.
0: Yeah. That makes me... I. I. Every time that you bring up something you heard on the podcast, it makes me happy because, you know, like you... It's cool when your friends actually like the things that you Yeah.
1: Also like when we don't see each other for, you know, a month at a time, yeah. like I can hang out with Clark.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And yeah, this is the fastest hour I've had in a while. So, <laughs> thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: All right, everyone, that's going to do it for me today. I hope you enjoyed that episode diving into the history of Hollywood, the golden age of movie stars with Holly K. Payne, talking about Joan Crawford and Faye Dunaway and all the things in between. And did you even appreciate how Rufus, my dog, was was you know uh, possessed by the Hollywood icon diva spirit of Joan Crawford and had to attract attention? I was going to cut it out, but then I was like, you know what? Whatever. It is what it is, and this is how it really is, people. Um, thank you all so much for listening. If you are a contributor on Patreon, I am doing an AMA mini episode this Thursday. So go on over to patreon.com slash ClarkWolf and leave your questions there. If there's a topic you want to discuss, if there's a specific question, anything in between, have at it. Uh, new mini episodes for $5 monthly contributors and higher are up every Thursday. So head on over there, leave your question. And uh, until then, thank you all so much for listening listening. I appreciate it and uh, have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.